right, here we are. Another great day. Dan Lukowitz here. Dan on top. We've got an incredible guest with us today, Chris Ressa. Chris, how you doing? Doing well, man. How are you? Excellent. Hey, I really, really appreciate you having uh, you coming on the show today. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule and spending some time here with us on Dan on Top. Let's just jump right in because this is going to go by super quick, and I'm super excited for it. Who is Chris Ressa? First and foremost, I'm a, I'm a husband and a father. I am. So that's first and foremost. I'm someone who, you know, is, I love taking on what most people think is the impossible and trying to solve problems that people think are unsolvable. And I think that's, um, I really like those types of challenges that's driven my career. And that's, uh, you know, that kind of sums me up. I'm a pretty hard, you know, I am one of those, I wear hard work as a, you know, a badge of honor, sometimes to a fault. And uh, that's uh, pretty much who I am right awesome. now. I'm in my, you know, I, 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 I don't know how to get my virtual background on here. So you can see my green screen in the back. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You're fine. We, 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 we appreciate having you exactly the way you are. So that's awesome, man. I appreciate that. I'm glad that you said, you know, husband and father first. That's that's awesome. I think that that is the most important. And I definitely I can see from the work that I, I, I observe you doing, you definitely wear that that hard work badge of honor on your sleeve. And uh, it definitely goes noticed. So, you know, on that topic, Chris, give us a 30,000 foot overview about exactly, you know, what you do. So I work for a company that owns shopping centers. I'm the chief operating officer. And it's a 120-person company, started in 1991, family-owned, and I'm a partner, and there's two other partners. The majority shareholder is um, Adam Ifshin. He's our CEO. I work on the operation side of the business, which we consider everything that happens at the property. So leasing, construction, property management, marketing, and... You know, I am in my role in that department around 60 people, uh, not one department, but those combined. And then my role is really in the strategic corporate business plan and executing that on a high level. And the team is out there executing. I'm uh, really in the people business. I'm leading. I am working with people to solve problems, removing obstacles, creating strategies, and the team is executing on that. And obviously, it's not me alone. We're collaborating on strategy and uh, how we're going to tackle things. But that's a majority of my job. Um, you know, I think any C-suite executive definitely is in touch with customers and so in any industry. And so I do have relationships and speak to a lot of our tenants some of our partners and lenders frequently, but my, the core of my job is helping the team execute on their jobs. Sure. Awesome. Well, I know you're a big uh, retail guy, and uh, on that note, I'm just really curious what's going on. You know, I have my own philosophies, but very curious to hear from you. What are the top three things that you expect next year, 2021, in retail real estate? So I think I'll start I'll give you, I'll answer that in two ways. I'll start with the retailer. So three trends that I think I see from retailers, because it starts with the retailers. 
And so I think three trends that, you know, if I were to give you the three trends I see 2020 that are going to catapult into 2021 are one, you're going to see inventory management of retailers. And so they are very focused on not getting stuck with merchandise in the spring and a shutdown and having to unload that product at a discount. So you're going to see, you you might not see 10 of a product in the store. So if you're out Christmas shopping, you probably should buy it because it's probably going to be out of stock. This is a good thing for retailers because they are, it, it could be a point where they don't have to discount items like they did. Um, when you, you sell five of the 10 and you can't move the last five, well, now I got to sacrifice margin and start to cut the prices. Well, in if I only buy five and multiple people want them, well, now I can charge the actual value that I'm looking to get on that. So inventory management is really, really key. I think the second thing you're seeing is all the tech going into the store as it relates to contactless payment and everything that's in a post COVID world that might, might be, whether that's, you know, really cool dressing rooms somewhere, whether what, what have you. And then I think the third thing that I'm seeing is, you know, some different types of merchandise. There are some retailers who have put more product in the store that in a potential government shutdown in the future, they would be deemed essential Mm -hmm. and maybe not have to close. And so I think you're seeing uh, that from the retail side. Those are three trends. You have other trends from omni-channel retailing and all the e-commerce, but those are three that I think a little bit inside baseball that I see. And so how does that affect real estate? On the inventory management, I think one of the things you're going to see in retail real estate is this really big acceleration of store optimization. That's a fancy word for saying uh, downsizing and expansions. You're going to see retailer footprints potentially get smaller, and you're going to see retailer footprints in some cases get larger. But that could be an opportunity. So in August of 2019, we bought a shopping center with a a Kmart box. And because of store optimization already starting to happen in the beginning of this year, we were able to put four tenants in that box at a significantly higher rent than Kmart was paying as one tenant. Mm. Additionally, we de-risked our credit. I mean, we we enhanced our um, we de-risked ourselves from having the entirety of the income stream be tied to one credit. Now I have four credit worthy entities in the space, not just one, and they're a smaller percentage. And so from our perspective, if you think about that, as volatility happens, it's not all tied to one. So it's different merchandising mix. The store optimization has caused a smaller footprint and therefore a higher per square foot rent than one larger tenant. So I think store optimization is one you're going to see in retail real estate. I think you're going to see uh, a new world of lenders come to the marketplace and try to fill a need. There's no secret, no matter what commercial real estate you're in, you know, lenders are, you know, risk adverse and they're a little spooked, right? If you own office buildings, you know, office occupancy is a little, a little uh, light today. If you own multifamily, there's a huge single family boom right now. If you own retail, all the things going on with the government shutdowns and everything. So lenders are a little, the lending market's a little bit challenging. So I think you're going to see some new lenders come to market and fill a need. And I think that'll happen as soon 
as 2021. And then I think the third thing that you're going to see from retail real estate is a lot of, so I I don't think you're going to see this total, every department store becomes a, a fulfillment center. I don't think that's realistic. There's so many municipal and government approvals and there's cost and people have to make a return on that and they already have a basis in the deal. But what I do think you are going to see is some, a lot of um, moves by retailers to reposition themselves in markets, which I think is an opportunity. You know, in some of, we feel fortunate we're in the open air retail space. We don't own enclosed malls. But there are still some very strong, viable, unbelievably great merchants who are retailers in a mall. And we're already talking to a lot of them about coming out of the mall, and historically they haven't been. So one could argue in my world that the tenant base in retail is starting to expand in my product type. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think is you wouldn't think you wouldn't think based on headline news. Right. It's a fascinating time. There's definitely a lot of movement. Um, you mentioned a lot of uh, what I would refer to as retail right-sizing, where different tenants are either you know taking up more space or, or less space. I'm curious about what your thoughts are on, on what we've seen recently on, on the rollouts of significantly smaller footprints when it comes to quick-service restaurants. Yeah, I think the... I think it, I'll start from the macro, Dan, which I'll say people are going to dine in restaurants one day. So I don't think we've just eliminated going out to eat at restaurants. You're going to take clients out to eat one day and you're going to sit at a restaurant. But I think the, I interviewed one time the largest McAllister's deli franchisee. He has a hundred McAllister's delis and they trade on the triple net lease market and they're typically freestanding. And one of the things he said that he's trying to do is he's trying to be give the consumer what they want when they want it. So sometimes you might want to have a big formal lunch. We'll use McAllister as an example and have a business meeting and go and sit for an hour. Sometimes you might want to walk in the store and pick it up and grab a cookie and a soda. Sometimes you might want it delivered to your house. Sometimes you might be driving and you just want to you know, you don't need to stretch your legs. You just need to run through the drive-through. And so I think the, what you're going to see more than just the size is the restaurants and quick service restaurants that really succeed will be the ones who can get the food to you when you want it in the manner in which you want it. Sure. It's all about service today. I mean, and you look at certain certain chains. I mean, I look at an example like Chick-fil-A. I mean, they they just absolutely crush it. They're closed one day yeah. a week, and their average unit produces almost double what a McDonald's, the number two producer, yeah. produces in terms of sales. And if you look at the one thing that sets them apart, it's service. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. In any business, price and service are so important, and especially in the quick service restaurant uh, space. So I definitely agree with you on that, Chris. So look, you know, you've been at this a long time, been quite successful. I'm curious what advice you have to other real estate investors. Um, so to in to the investment community, to me, it's I think no more time than now. This is a team sport, commercial real estate. Sure. And if you don't have the right team around you, 
it is going to be a challenge. If you try to just do it all yourself, it is going to be a challenge. And so I think it is a team sport. And, you know, at DLC, you know, it's people first, real estate second. And the, the what makes the real estate great is the people behind the real estate. You know, so all too often the, the word has been location, location, location. And that's how real estate was described. And that often, that leaves a lot to be desired. It, it essentially means that the real estate drives the bus and the people behind it help facilitate that. But it's really about the real estate. I think that has changed forever. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, at no other point in, in, in our lifetime, I think if we realized the, the the fact that we're in this together and we really need to leverage each other, work together, come up with great solutions, because ultimately this is a time of, of incredible opportunity. And, you know, I just kind of want to piggyback on that as well. Um, if, if you could go back in time through all the experiences you've lived through and everything you've learned, what advice would you give your younger self? I think I would have taken some uh, told myself to take a few more shots earlier. Okay. Just in, like in anything in life, both personally, professionally. Yeah. Risks. That's what I mean. Yeah. Take more risks earlier. Okay. I tried to build some stability and then I took some risks. I think I would have, the, the younger you are, the easier it is to take risks. So I would have took some shots, taken some risks earlier. I think that's the, the biggest thing you, you definitely have a lot less to lose at that point in time. Yeah, that's fascinating. I actually, I haven't heard anyone say that uh, recently, but I think that that's incredible because I think that, you know, when you're younger, right, the, the, the setback that you can take from a, a big risk is potentially less and, and the gain could be huge and the learning experience could be huge. So that, that's incredible. Yeah, if you think about the biggest, think about the biggest successes and I'm not advocating to do this, but you think about like Mark Zuckerberg left college, but yeah. I think he's okay. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, we've got we've got about uh, three minutes left. Want to turn the tables a little bit. Uh, you're you're a host yourself. So what questions do you have for me? You know, uh, what is the what what are what do you think are going to be the top one or two trends that come out of 2021 in commercial real estate? Yeah, great question. So number one, I think that the small format is is the format. You know, you look at all the major quick service restaurant brands, they've all come out either straight up, you know, in our faces with a new format that's much smaller, or I've hinted at it. You know, you've got Taco Bell going from 2,400 square feet roughly to 1,350. KFC having their, you know, kiosks for pickups from the Uber, Uber driver and, you know, Grubhub, et cetera, et cetera. A little bit of outdoor dining. You know, I've got clients all over the country uh, who own QSR, Quick Service Restaurant, and uh, the corporations are telling them, hey, time to open up the dining rooms. And they're saying, we don't want to because it's we're more profitable with just our drive-through open. So I think small format is going to be huge. I think the you know the omni-channel fulfillment, you know, which is the the fact that retailers are going to be fulfilling orders in whatever manner the consumer wants, kind of like what you said earlier, whatever is more convenient and better for the the consumer, that's going to come up uh, you know more and more. I think that's going to be more and more prevalent. And then I I, I certainly believe that we're going to have a huge push. Uh, to industrial. You know, I call it the Industrial Revolution 2.0, where products are flying off of retail shelves and, and into storage spaces. I think that cold storage and last mile fulfillment are very undervalued uh, asset classes. I just think we're going to see a big proliferation into, into those uh, spaces over the next few years. The one thing I would say on the, the quick service restaurant is, we, I think it's great that this realization has happened in smaller footprint 
but it is a challenge if you've got 3,000 restaurants that are all 2,500 square feet. And yeah, the ones going forward, you want to do 1,300 square feet. But what do you do about the three or 4,000 restaurants you have currently? Uh, it's hard to, in any short term, reposition all of those. You either have leases or you own it and you have costs involved. It's sure. it's a huge CapEx intensive decision to make the the brand pivot to that at scale on any new one. You could do that easily, but on the, on the existing, I think it is a challenge. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Yeah. Myself as well, for sure. And you're absolutely right. It's going to go, it's going to be a trickle. I mean, obviously the new prototypes are such, and they'll have an impact. We'll see what happens over time. Chris, thank you so much. This was awesome. You're an incredible guest. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I know that you've provided some tremendous value. So thanks again for taking the time out of your busy life to provide us some value, give us some insight and advice and uh, spend the day today uh, with us on Dan on top. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it. All right. We'll see you soon. Thank